Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Pam, and I have Elisa with me. Hello. We're here today with a special episode. We've kind of moved things around in our schedule because we are just getting a ton of questions about what we're doing right now, which is virtual learning. Our province is shut down for in-person schooling at the moment. A lot of people around are struggling. Yeah. It's hard. It's very hard to get into this virtual learning and get that groove going. Pam and I have been in it from the <laughs> beginning, so we're a we little have. bit more used to it now. So we thought that we'd put together a podcast of some of the tips and some things that we've learned along the way and some of those things that we've learned to let go of because it's just not doing anybody any good <laughs> to have all those worries. It really isn't. And our very first tip is going to be lower your expectations like lower your expectations guys yeah it's not the same standards that we have for school it's not the same standards that we have for our children it's not the same standards for anything right now for anybody because it's just it's out of our hands it's out of our control we can only really control what we can and that's what's going on in our houses and being stressed out about all of this extra stuff makes it harder for everybody. So like it does. lower those expectations. Yeah. And this can go for a few different things. A, a um, whole lot. This is like a whole range of things. I have lowered yes. expectations across the board in my Absolutely. house. <laughs> so basically we're all in this together. If, if we're afraid that our children are going to file fall behind, maybe they will a little bit, but we're all in it together. And, and every child is going to perhaps be a little bit behind when it comes to school. So it's important to remember that we're not alone in this journey. Everybody around is going through maybe not the exact same thing that we're going through, but very similar in the way that we're all worried about our children's education at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to really try and let go of some of that worry somewhere because they will excel in the end. They are going to catch up. They will. And, and, you know, maybe it's going to mean that next year they'll need a little bit of extra assistance for certain things, but they are all going to catch up. And the teachers and the educators everywhere are very aware of what's going on right now. So next year, when we're in person again, hopefully we are, then it's going to be you know, they're going to know what has just happened this last year. It's not only your child that has gone through this. So they're going to be able to plan for that a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's really important to keep in mind. Like this is, yes, they, maybe they're not getting as much of that academic that they typically would for this year, but we're still, you know, we're still learning reading. We're still, we're still writing. We're still doing math. Um, and even if that's not that conventional way of it, like if we're still doing science experiments and we're doing, we're doing other things, they're learning kindness, they're learning acceptance, they're learning resilience. Like those are all things that is going to take them through to adulthood as well. So yeah, if they're not getting that standard or where that standard has always been for education this year, let's think of all the extra things that they're they're piling on as well um, instead of that academic, right? They're learning other things in other areas. Yeah, so 
lower those expectations again. If you're finding for me, my children's mental health and my own mental health trumps, not that not that their education is not important to me because it is very important to me, but right now I'm more focused on their mental health. So that means that maybe we don't do school every day here. Mm-hmm. If, if we're really struggling that week or that day or something, I might do only three days of school in that week. And then the other two days, we're kind of just doing what we need to do to get through this and you know, whatever it is, maybe we're going outside for longer and we're not as focused on being at home for school. So my daughter, um, at the beginning of all of this, I made the decision to pull her out of school altogether. And now I'm homeschooling her. So this comes with a host of challenges for me because I'm also working. So I'm, I'm her teacher. I'm working. My son is on virtual learning through the school board. Um, but I've had to let go of some of those guilts and some of those really big fears that I was having at the beginning of this. And I just, I, I kind of sat down and I reflected and I decided that it just wasn't really helpful where I was at with my anxiety at that time. Like, is, am I teaching her enough? Am I doing enough? Like I'm trying to balance her schooling, my own work, the house, just everything. And it became far too much for me to even manage. So I released a lot of that guilt and a lot of that pressure. And, you know, every once in a while, I have to remind myself that, okay, she is going to be okay. Even though there are already some struggles present with academics, I know that she is going to be okay. We are getting her the help that we need to get her. I am doing what I can. And that's all that I can do right now. So That means that some days, like usually we're only doing school about three days in the the week. And that's not even full days. There are usually two days a week where I have to book calls, I have to work, I have to do other things. And so it just means that, you know, maybe she's not getting as much of that schooling as she could be. But that is something that I, for, for my family, I am choosing to let go of that just for all of our own mental health it is it is the mental health piece of it is really really important Uh, my guys are so my younger two have been virtual since the beginning um alexa has done virtual she just transitioned into in-person now she's back home ireland has always been uh in person and she's now home so uh not much has changed for the boys as much however having everybody home Um, has been a lot. So one of the things that I've lowered my expectations with, and this was something that I've done from the beginning, was where they're sitting and allowing them to move positions throughout the day. So we don't have one set space for each of them. Um, Sometimes Alexa likes to be in her room. Usually by the end of the day, she likes to be downstairs in the living room. The boys switch between their room, downstairs in the living room, sometimes they're in the kitchen. I'm, I don't focus. If you need to be laying on your belly with your monitor kind of against the couch and you're focused and you're listening, that's fine for me. I, I, I can't sit for three, four hours straight. Not that the teachers are even asking that, but uh, one position, it's just not that comfortable. So, and it's not an expectation in classrooms either. The teachers, most classrooms now have um, different stations where children can sit and, and roam around and to be able to find a position that uh, or a seating area that they like better right so for me seating position wasn't something that I 
focus too much on. And um, I allowed my guys, my Oscar more so, Oscar's in grade two, to think about that, I'm sorry, Oscar's in grade two. So he has a couple of like small toys that he keeps in front of him. That's another thing that I've like. Yeah, that's a big thing. I think that's a big thing for a lot of families right now, because we want them to be just sitting in front of the screen and not doing anything else. And, and it can be very bothersome for us if we're walking by and we're seeing that they're not focusing, we're seeing that they're not listening. Um, that is something, and we're going to talk about that next, but like lower that expectation <laughs> greatly because that is going to, it's just not going to be fun for anybody. But yeah, my son colors while he's mm-hmm. on his online class. And that was something at first I kind of wanted to set the limits. And then I just reflected again. And I was like, you know what, if he's coloring and he's sitting there and he's not disrupting, then that's okay. As long as they are doing something that is not disrupting the other kids Mm -hmm. and not being overly disruptive, then I'm fine with it. Yeah. My rule is like, if the teacher calls on you, you need to know what's going on. So if, if you're like, no, I promise I can look at my Pokemon cards and, and still listen. Um, and the teacher calls on you and you don't know, then obviously that's not something you can handle. Right. And it's going to be different for each child. I, I have, it's fun to me for me because I have a range, right? So I have one that doesn't need something in front of him. I have another that does need something in front of him. I have another that, you know, it's hard enough time to just get her to get dressed in the morning to get going. And where the other one's like up at 6 a.m. ready to go. So it's just, it's all going to be based on your individual child. And it always is going to come back to that mental health. It always comes back to that mental health. We've done, so my boys are virtual. Um, I've done half day. If we've had a rough morning, if they're really struggling, if it's a beautiful day out, um, the challenging thing with us is one of my guys is done at 1.30, the other one's not done until three. So when it was just the two of them home, especially if it was really nice, for us, sometimes it was, you know what, we're just, we're gonna not be into that last class today, or you're not doing well, AJ just took a day off yesterday, he just needed a day, Ireland took a day off the week before last, she just needed a day, like it's, that we have to let go of that so like absences and that stuff we have to let go of that because their mental health is just so much more important than yeah their attendance so when you feel that guilt creeping in when you're starting to panic about them missing school or not being in school all the time or falling behind just have a mantra that you tell yourself that reminds you that we are all in this same position with the education part and it's okay to do what you need to do right now to a certain extent to help your mental health and your child's mental health. So if mm-hmm. they're really starting to struggle, then reducing the amount that you're having them be in school for or whatever might be what you need to do. And having that conversation as well with, with your child's teachers and everything so that you can come up with something that is going to work for you. And that is super important. But I find even writing down that mantra can help yes. tremendously with those feelings of guilt that start to inevitably creep in there. So you just kind of, you know, you make You might feel it for a minute, but then you have that mantra there that you can just read over and remind yourself that it's okay right now. I keep reflecting. For me, it's the children, unfortunately, have lived through significantly harder things, war-torn countries, refugee camps, and they've still gone on to university. So I'm like, okay, we we can survive a year of being at home and doing 
full-time school, doing part-time school, doing homeschooling. We can survive this. We can do this. <laughs> yes. It might, it, it might be affecting their mental health, but if you kind of let go of some of those expectations, that can help a little bit as well. One thing too, so Lisa and I have been doing this, like we said from the beginning, it takes, so for most of you who are listening to this, you're probably just starting because it's only kind of just started this week, um, going into next week. It takes two to three weeks to kind of find a groove. So know that those first couple of weeks are going to be a little bit tougher as you're like, as they're settling in, as you're settling in. Uh, for some of us, knock on wood, maybe we'll only be in it for a couple of weeks. Um, for others, uh, it doesn't look like we'll, we'll be going back. We don't know. Um, so know that this, that transition period is going to be a little bit tougher. It, it is part of that adjustment, um, but you will kind of find that groove after a couple of weeks. So if your child's really resisting the first you know, week or so, like take it slow and build up, right? If you can do three days a week, then do three days a week. If next week they can do four days, if you can only do four mornings a week, then, you know, build on it from there, allow them that time to adjust. Um, especially if you feel like this is going to be long-term, but yeah, if, if you need to just take that breath and let them have that break as well. Yes. Okay. So the next thing we want to talk about for all of the parents and caregivers out there, this one's hard. <laughs> Avoid being in the room, constantly refocusing your child. Mm -hmm. It's going to frustrate you to no end. Your child is not pro likely not going to respond very well to that because you're constantly being in there, refocusing them. You're getting frustrated. They feel that they're going to do it more and just nobody is going to be thriving in that type of situation. So it's very, very difficult, but try not to be in the, in the back there and constantly saying, Oh, it's time to focus. It's time to listen. Listen, what are you doing? Don't do that. It's listen to your teachers, look at the screen, focus on them. It's, mm -hmm. it's so hard, but really try to avoid doing that because when they do go back to school you are not going to be in the back of the room helping them refocus all the time right yes. so the teachers they are experienced I mean they're all learning this virtual platform <laughs> as well but they are experienced and they will be the ones who will tell your child when they are not you know when they're being disruptive or something so mm -hmm. I always go over the expectations with my son who's on virtual and I let him know, you know, what I expect of him during that session. He can get up and have body breaks. However, I expect him not to be unmuting himself constantly and, you know, doing things that are very disruptive. But if he does, the teachers always tell him to mute himself. So I don't have to be in there stepping in for all of that because it just doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. having, having that conversation with your teacher, like, yeah being open and having conversations with your staff, with your principal, um, the, the, Hey, we're taking a mental health day. Hey, we need a break or, Hey, what do you want me to do? Like he's having a rough go. He keeps doing this. Do you need me? Like, do you want me to be doing this? Do you want to be doing this? Like what's easier for you? Yeah. And 99% of the time they're going to say, you know what? Um, it is easier if I can control because they can, the teachers can control those mute buttons and stuff. Right. So they can come on and, and, and 
offer that reminder, set those limits. They have those rules down um, quite quite clearly for our, our, our little, little guys, especially, but also for our big guys. And they, they do those reminders. Teachers are, that's what they do. They do classroom management. So yes, it looks a little bit different, but they're still great at managing a classroom. Absolutely. And it really did help me a lot at first when I had that conversation with my son's teacher. And I just said, he is doing this and I am not going to be at the back of the room refocusing him. What do you want my role to be here? Like, how can Mm -hmm. I help you without overstepping? And we had that conversation and it just made me feel so much better. And it took that pressure off because I'll admit I did have that pressure at first of, oh my gosh, what if he's not focusing? What if he unmutes himself and says something inappropriate? What if this happens? And then I have to remember that if he says these things at school, I'm not there with him at school. So I can be in the back and and not interfering for everything. (laughs) Allow for body breaks. So you're not going to be sitting there with them the whole time but allow for some body breaks. So maybe every once in a while you do a little bit of a check-in and you just say, okay, I can see that you need a little bit of a body break. So let's get up and, and walk around and move here or whatever. The teachers are great for this as oh well. Oh my gosh. They're- Our teacher, like teachers have been fantastic for that. Yeah. Body breaks. They've get, they, like my guys have been, I walk by a room, there's music blaring, they're dancing. I'm like, are you, what are you guys? We're just getting our wiggles out. Like they are just, yeah. They, our teachers are fantastic for getting them up and getting them moving and, and really helping them through that. Yeah, absolutely. If your child is having a hard time being online for a certain amount of time and you're having a hard time getting them on, again, letting them know the expectation before they even go on. So having some form of visual chart or perhaps a timer, a visual timer that they can see that you're like, okay, this is a 45 minute class, buddy, you can mm-hmm. do this. And then you have some kind of visual for them to be able to see that that time is ticking away and they only have this amount of time and then they can go for a recess or then they can go for a break or whatever. Oscar's in grade two and he, every morning he wakes up because his schedule will change and he has to log on five to seven times a day. Um, and he knows his schedule. He is like, he gets up in the morning, he checks, he's like, okay, this class at this time. Okay. Oh, I only have 45 minutes for this one. Okay, great. I have a 40 minute break here. Like he knows his breaks. He knows his, what time his classes are. And he's very on top of that because for him, he needs to know this is what my day is going to look like. It's really important as our kids get older, that they still have that structure. We still build in that schedule. Absolutely. So that brings us to our next topic. You want to have structure. (laughs) Most days anyways. Yes. You want to try and have some limits on screen time during the day when you can, because they are already on the screen time. So even on the days that we're not doing school here, I limit their screen time during the day. So they're still not allowed to just go on Roblox or play Super Mario Brothers all willy-nilly throughout the day. It's like we're not on that during the school hours, even if we're not doing a formal school day that day. Um, The exception for me is when I do have my calls and when I do book calls like that or consultations with families, I will allow them to have some of those electronics. But they know that ahead of time. So I always tell them those expectations ahead of time. You want to have some form of a schedule for them. It could be flexible. 
but you want to have something, a routine chart or a schedule written out for them so that they know what to expect in their day. This is going to help you as well because you need to know when you can book those calls, when you can do this for work, when you're going to have a little bit more time to do your work and everything. So having that kind of schedule is going to help you now it Mm -hmm. right now just the way that it is it might be a little bit different from day to day so that's what I mean have a flexible one but something that is consistent enough that your child feels secure with what is happening and so that you feel secure as well well reduces a lot of that upset right if you've had three days of like movies and doing nothing all day and then now on day four you expect them to like get up and get dressed and do sit down and do eight six hours of schoolwork probably going to be met with some resistance right they didn't know that was upcoming that's not really part of the schedule the new routine you guys have been into so having that kind of repetitiveness from day to day of at least those blocks right this is our outside time this is our school time this is our lunch time this is our rest time type thing that having those blocks where they can predict what's coming next and huge makes a huge difference in your day to day for sure. And then making sure that you're scheduling in those movement times. So mm-hmm. for us, I like to have a movement activity before they even go on to any schooling. So usually they would have recess before school. Right now they're not. So I try to get them outside or I send them outside for maybe 10 minutes in the morning before they start school. Or we have like a little gym thingy in our basement that they can go on before we start school. If you don't have something like that, then it's just go noodle. Or walk or, or yeah. like anything. Just get outside if you can, especially now that spring is here. YouTube has some pretty great movement activities. Yes. Like Cosmic Kids Yoga, Go Noodle. There are so many things on YouTube that you can find that will get them up and moving before they start school. And that can help them concentrate a little bit more for that first class because they get some of those wiggles out before they're then asked to sit down in front of the screen for their class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have outdoor time. Force yourself. Force (laughs) yourself to do it. I promise you it's going to feel so much better and it's going to help your children as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday we were having a really, really rough day and I just said, you know what, we're we're all going outside. We're going for a walk. We went outside. I forced myself. It was cold and I didn't want to, but I, I made myself go out and, oh, I felt so much better. And so did my children. Everyone's behavior just flipped around when we went outside and we came in and they were just so much more cooperative after that. Mm-hmm. Building in like a quiet time or break time for everybody is also really nice yeah um like okay this is my this is my break time so I'm I, I come into my room this is my break time uh, please no knocking on my door I get 15 20 minutes where you don't get to interrupt me yes my break time is an hour long um <laughs> you might need to work up to this but my break time is an hour long at two o'clock and that is when I can do whatever I want to do And they are just, they're not allowed to bug me. They're not bug me, but they're not allowed to come in and ask me. Mom, um, do you know where my shoe is? Oh, this one in my hand. Sorry. Um, Mom, can I have a glass of water? Uh, Mom. (laughs) Yeah. So they know those expectations ahead of time. They're not asking me for things during this time. They're not, um, you know, 
I know this sounds really mean, but they're not talking to me during this time because this is my break time. And they're also having a rest time. So I can watch a show if I want. I can exercise if I want. I can do whatever I want during that break time. And it helps me tremendously to know that I have that worked into our schedule. Some days it doesn't go quite as planned and that's okay, but it really does help me get through the day to know that at two o'clock, I can have that little rest. They're having that rest. I set them up with things ahead of time so that I know that they've got everything that they need before I go for that rest. And then it's, it's golden. Mm -hmm. So needed. If you have more than one parent at home, then structure your days so that you're splitting the tasks between both parents. That can also help if you have that opportunity. Work in some one-on-one time with each child if you can during the day so that their cups are filled. Now, of course, this isn't going to be able to happen every day, but I can tell you that it makes such a big difference for them and their feelings and their thoughts and everything they're going through when they just have that 10 to 15 minutes of one-on-one time with me where we're able to just do what they want to do. And this doesn't happen every day. I can't you know, I can't set those that bar too high that it's that I'm going to do this every single day. But every second day, I really try to just build that into our day as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one on one time, you know, right now, I think everybody is feeling well, I'm going to say how I'm feeling uh, kind of at the top of my cup of being like, around everybody all of the time everybody's here everybody's on us every it's all of the time so this one-on-one time uh, changes the dynamics between the four kids I mean Island's downstairs for like she has her own space and stuff she's a teenager she doesn't really hang out with us for the most part but the three other ones are kind of together most of the time all of the time so taking one out of that equation sometimes is really nice for the other two kind of gives the other two a break and gives that one a break as well and then changing it up as well so they kind of mix and match so um for us that one-on-one time is great for the child who's getting it, but then it's also great for the other, the other ones that aren't a part of it, right? And 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 I make sure that they all get their time. Um, but for us, it looks different. Sometimes, you know, the the two older girls like to just kind of sit down and kind of just talk and chit chat at like you know eight eight nine o'clock at night. That is their time that they like to do it. Um, Oscar really likes to snuggle first thing in the morning. That's his thing. He climbs into bed with me, has great big snuggles for quite some time, um, as long as I will let him. And AJ kind of flutters in a thousand times a day for hugs and and that connection all the time as well. But him and I like to do little things too sometimes together. So it's taking that time is great for them, is great for us, but it also can help the other dynamics in the house as well. Yeah, it really helps connect them, which can then make them feel more grounded. And then Mm -hmm. you are going to see those behaviors change a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, like when we're when we're saying like, take some downtime and, and, and take that time for your mental health, and maybe they're not doing that full academics, but we can do other activities. Like there's lots of other activities we can still be doing that is considered you know, learning, but we're still having fun. So like science experiments, baking, like we've done lots of baking and has enjoyed that. (laughs) We don't have anything in the house. Quick, what can we, oh, let's make muffins. Okay. (laughs) Um, Obstacle courses can be great because 
they love them so much. And then you can set it up for them first. And then that can be an activity that they do alone because they Mm -hmm. set up their own obstacle course. And then maybe you go and watch them and you time them as they go through it. So sensory fun crafts that you can just set up for them to do, or maybe that's what you do with your special time with them. But there are so many other things that we could be doing with them or having setting up that they could do on their own that can kind of switch up the day a little bit. Mm -hmm. You really want to work on independent play as well. If you don't already have that established, that's going to be a huge piece for you because the independent play is just so great to have so that you can have, you can build in those rest times in your day and the times where they're not asking you for X, Y, Z all the time. Um, But also it just, it allows for a little bit more opportunities for you to just set them up or help them set up or they fully go and set themselves up with an activity. And then this is going to help you get in that work time that you need mm-hmm. as well. The work time, the rest time, the just you time, um, independent play at any age. We, we work with families, young babies all the way up to really build on that independent play. There's so many benefits from it. So don't be shy from, especially if you are as you know, single parent, single child, um, independent play can be tough sometimes, right? Because we feel like we need to be entertaining them all of the time. But having that independent play, that imagination, just the imagination and creativity that it can build independent play, uh, ideally without screen time is would be the goal, but that they can do stuff. So having them like Lisa said, pre-set up or have a basket that you take down. That's like just your quiet time activities. Again, depending on your child and how much um, kind of prompting they need, but you can kind of set them up to start and then kind of wean off as well. Yeah. And this will just give you those little bits of time where you can do a little bit of work because for everyone who's home right now, with their children, it's the, the work schedule looks a lot different than it did when children were at school all day. It so really does. You really do need to kind of figure out that schedule and that routine that's going to work for you and that you're going to be able to have a flexible routine that you can implement every day that is going to allow for a little bit of time for you, a little bit of independent time, and then some learning time for them as well. Now, if your child, if you have a very anxious child who struggles with the independent play um, or needs you to be close, like even in class, uh, we did chat a little bit about the, well, we chatted a lot about the and uh, not being, you know, right there to focus in on them. So if they need you really close on that, those are things that we can build on, right? You have the opportunity now they're home. You can build on those, on those anxieties or start working on those anxieties and getting, um, building that confidence step-by-step. So have a, have a little bit of a plan, right? So we negotiate or we compromise. If I hold your hands for 10 minutes, then you have five minutes on your own. If your little one hasn't really done independent play, start small. You're not going to start with an hour, but maybe you'll start with 10 minutes and you're going to have the timer or you're going to have some sort of visual of um, this is your independent play time and keep building on that. That's always our goal with our children who are anxious or maybe they're going through some separation anxiety. Maybe they're just really nervous about being in class virtually they've never done this before you can absolutely offer that support but instead of holding their hand for 45 minutes 
five times a day, you're doing the first 10 minutes of class where you're holding their hands. And then maybe the last five minutes of class. And then you're just doing the first five minutes of class. And then you're just sitting beside them, right? So you can take those steps little by little to help them get comfortable um, playing alone and then being able to do their schooling alone as well. Absolutely. And we do have a whole podcast mm-hmm. about the independent play. So have a listen to that because it's really, really going to help you right now. Yes, I'll post it in the description as well. One of the last things we want to talk about is allowing our children the opportunity to be able to vent and get out those feelings that they have. So this is all new to them. It's, it's, you know, change. It's a lot of change for them. It's a lot of anxious feelings for them sometimes. So they are going to have some feelings toward that, Mm -hmm. some big feelings toward that. And it might not come out the way that you want it to come out when they vent about it. They're not necessarily going to say, you know what? I'm feeling very anxious right now about this, that, and the other thing. They don't know how to verbalize that a lot of the times anyway. So it might come out in resistance. It might come out in big tantrums or meltdowns. It might come out in outbursts. It might come out in aggression. So we really we're getting, sorry, we're getting um, like a lot of attitude and a lot of like snarky, like, why do I even have to do this? Like a lot of that answers yeah and so (laughs) these are all indications that there might be a a struggle so we want to be able to help them through that the first step there is to allow them to get out those feelings and those frustrations of course you're not going to let them hit you you're not going to let them destroy things around them but you do need to offer them a safe place to be able to vent out those feelings and those frustrations that they're having if that means that they need to have that meltdown let them have that meltdown, be there with them, listen to them, help them through it, teach, validate them. This sucks guys. Like this sucks. We have been doing this. It is tough for us. Adults are having meltdowns. Adults are struggling with this. This is a lot for our children and, and telling them to suck it up and brushing it off and all of that stuff. That's not going to do anything to help. We really want to like validate those feelings. Yeah. Essentially put yourself in their shoes, really genuinely put yourself in their shoes. And if you were really upset and someone just came up to you and said, oh, come on, as if it's not that big of a deal. You get to sit in front of a computer all day. You know, this is a lot for them. And yes, they're resilient. And yes, they're going to be able to come through this. Um, you know, especially if we offer that the, the great support that we can, they're going to come through this, but we need to validate that if they are having those feelings, Dude, you are so valid in having these feelings. Like it's okay to be upset right now or to be frustrated with this. A lot of people, everyone is having their own frustration, their own meltdowns. We're all going through it. Yeah. So you want to be understanding. Exactly. And let them get out those feelings. I know that it's hard sometimes because we're listening to those meltdowns. We're listening to those big feelings, but that's what they need right now. They need a safe place to get out those feelings. So we are their safe place. Mm-hmm. That's what on we, our shoulders. we definitely want to make sure that we're allowing them to have those big, big feelings. Yeah. You want to talk a lot about feelings and emotions as well with them. Read books, listen to stories about feelings. You want to teach them how they can get through those feelings that they have and what they can do when they're feeling a certain way. So charts about feelings so that they can look at the chart and point to the feeling that they're having and 
just checking in with them to Mm -hmm. see how they're feeling at various times throughout the days when you're, you know, sensing that things might be off. And if you need some strategies, if you need to know how you can validate your child's feelings and let them get it out and be there for them, and you need some strategies to put together there, then let us know that is what we do. We can help you with that. We would be more than happy to help you out with that. So reach out to us at info at restfulparenting.com and we are here for you. So when we're talking about our feelings with our big kids, um, it may not be the charts you were going to be seeing those different kind of outbursts and stuff. So that's where that like walks, going out for walks, taking a shower, the um, sense having a little bit of time that they get on their own uh, is going to be helpful for those big feelings. It's a lot right now. Uh, my guys, again, my guys have been going through this and I'm still seeing a lot of, um, or I'm actually starting to see a lot of, a lot more of that upset uh, from them and a lot more outbursts. So, you know, we're checking our sleep schedule, we're checking our food, we're making sure like, okay, what, what else could be going on as well? The other thing is we want to we want to ensure that we're watching what we are talking about and seeing Mm -hmm. in front of our children as well. So if we're like, oh my gosh, this at home learning is just not right. It's not okay. And it's not working and all that stuff, then they are going to feel that even more so than before. So we want to make sure that whatever feelings we're having towards this, (laughs) whatever feelings we're going through, of course, it doesn't mean that we're never going to show that to our children. Um, we're humans and it's going to come out they're going to feel what we're feeling to some extent but just with like the numbers of covid and like mm-hmm. all this stuff all the anxieties that we might be going through the you know how hard it is to be at home all the time together and whatever we want to make sure that we're not always talking about that right in front of them so wait until they're in bed for the night or you know you leave the house and then yeah. you <laughs> talk about those things because <laughs> it something. doesn't even have to it doesn't even have to be in front of them. They could be on their tablet in the other room and you are now having this conversation. They are listening. Um, you could ask them to come to you seven times and they won't hear you. But if you start to have these conversations, they are listening. You always want to, especially as your kids get older, you always want to have that in the back of the mind. So in the back of your mind, if you're having a conversation with your best friend and you're like, oh my gosh, now they have to wear masks at the park and I can't even believe this. And then now you're having a conversation with your mom and you're having a conversation with your sister. And then dad comes home or your partner comes home and you're like, can you even believe that this is happening now? They have to do this. They're hearing all of that you're going to get that resistance from them. They're going to start to feel like this is a crappy deal if that's all they're hearing from you on your side um, is how awful it is for them. And sometimes it's going to slip and that's okay, but just try not to make it happen happen every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a little short example is last week, I think it was, I talked about the numbers in front of my daughter. I talked like, and she wasn't in front of me, but she was close enough. Um, And I did talk about my anxieties towards the numbers rising. And she, I guess, overheard me. And I have been seeing a rise in her anxiety now. So Mm -hmm. what was getting a lot better with her anxiety is now starting to spike again. And I know that it's because there were a couple of times where I wasn't as cognizant about not talking about it in front of her. And I did. And now she is kind of feeling that, which is 
you know, it happens, but that just, that's just a reminder to me now, be extra mindful of what I am talking about, what I'm saying in front of them, because they're always listening. It's, it's really important to remember that, you know, what you're seeing is only really 10% of what they're, what they're processing, what they're going through, what they're thinking about, what they're, how they're managing this, right? So if you're seeing great big outbursts, you know, there's a lot of turmoil inside as well. So, you know, that emotional offloading, being there to validate is going to be a really big piece to it. Encouraging those mental health breaks um, is going to be a really big one. And then just being really mindful of what you're saying, the conversations you guys are having around, having the news on, even if it doesn't seem like they're paying attention, they're listening, they're picking up those things and they're hearing things that maybe they shouldn't be. And if they do, like Lisa said, it's again, we've all done it. It's just one of those things that you're like, and now I know I am not going to do that again, <laughs> right? We learn from it, which is what parenting is, is we make the mistakes and then we learn from it, but it's being cognizant of it and then trying to stop it as much as you can. So I hope that episode helps just take some of that pressure off of you and just drives it home that we are all in this together. It is hard. It is challenging to say the very least. But <laughs> the very least. Yes. The weather is going to start to get nicer very soon and we'll be able to at least get outside in the sunshine a little bit more. That's going to help tremendously. And I know that it's really, really hard right now. We will get through this we all will. together. <laughs> We will. And listen, guys, if you're really struggling, like Elisa said, reach out to wrestleparenting.com. We can absolutely chat through different strategies to help your family, to help your little ones and your big ones with any of that anxiety uh, or any of those extra challenges, schedules, anything like that. But know that you're not alone and we are here. So join us in our group, all things sleep and parenting. If you have other topics that you'd like us to cover, especially through this pandemic, throw it up in the group and let us know. We'll, we'll make note of it and we'll record an episode for you. And if you are finding that you are struggling hard with, with your mental health, or you're starting to see big signs in your children, then reach out to a mental health specialist mm -hmm. and they can help. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. See you next week. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.